Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of The Leo Effects. Now, today, I have a very special guest and somebody who is actually like, I'm trying not to, you know, fanboy or nerd out too hard, but I'm super excited to speak with her. But please allow me to introduce Marissa Lenti. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing super fantastic right now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so... Before we really get this ball rolling and get into, you know, kind of my own personal reasons for asking you here, can you let the listeners know, like, what it is that you do? Sure. Um, Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Marissa Lenti. I am a voice actress, a uh, ADR director, a ADR script writer, um, executive producer, kind of jack of all trades, uh, generally working in the anime industry, but I also do some work in uh, video games and, and all other forms of voiceover. Um, some of my biggest credits that you might have heard of me from, uh, I am the voice of Moe's in Borderlands 3. I'm the voice of Kakot in Dragon Ball Super, uh, Libra in Fairy Tale, Mistress Sadie in One Piece, Ilse Lagnar in Attack on Titan. Um, I was uh, Chiaki in Gamers, Momoko in Nambaka, um, Atago and Z1 in Azure Lane, um, and that's just a small selection. Um, <laughs> as far as things that I have directed, I, I directed the dub of Kimono Friends, um, as well as did some assistant directing on shows like, um, uh, you know, Vdex uh, and Nanvaka. Um, I was the script writer for Actor Songs Connection. Uh, this boy suffers from crystallization and. Um, Tata Never Falls in Love, Bloom Into You, Kasasana Morning Glories, Arm Girls Machiavellism. Um, and then I was the executive producer on the Conradon Collection from Kuma Holdings. Uh, so I kind of have my fingers everywhere in the anime pie, as it were, uh, <laughs> mainly with uh, Sound Kaden Studios, where I work. Awesome. <laughs> That's just a, you know, just to name a few. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I, it's amazing that you've done so much. Like, what was it that drew you into the voice acting world well um when i was in college i was actually going for a costume design degree um and i had been a seamstress for a little under a decade at that point now i've been a seamstress for a little over a decade um 
And I had been running my own online business, selling cosplay, selling stuffed animals, uh, sewing all the time. Um, but once I got to college and I started doing it, um, you know, what would eventually become my job in the theater, making costumes for the theater, I realized it wasn't the path I wanted to be on. Um, and so I was looking for, you know, my my true path, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back to all the things I used to do. I used to do horseback riding. I used to play the violin and I used to be a child actor. And I was like, oh, acting, you know, like I really liked acting. Maybe, uh, you know, there's something there. And uh, I was at that time also watching a lot of anime with my roommates. We were in the middle of uh, watching Detective Conan. We were watching Hunter Hunter. We were watching uh, the show called Hamatora and like anything else that came up on, on Crunchyroll or, or Funimation. And we were like, oh, you know, all the voice actors in this, they must be actors. Like the dubs for these must get done somewhere in the United States. And, and so I sort of changed my, my path, started doing um voice and speech classes phonetics classes acting classes and kind of got back into the swing of things and uh became a voice actor and that was um six years ago now wow and you've done all of that in six years that's so impressive oh thank you there was a there was a year in the middle you know between graduating college and and moving here where i was not voice acting but i'd say yeah i've been doing this about a solid five years well, yeah, after you finish up college, you have to go backpack through Europe, right? I mean, <laughs> but Absolutely. The, when you were switching over and changing gears and everything, did did you have a lot of support with that? Or did people be like, oh, no, they, you need a real job? People um, generally in my life were, were very supportive because uh, I've always been sort of eclectic. Um, I think they sort of expected it from me. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a seamstress. And they were like, sure. And then I was like, actually, I'm an actor. And they were like, whatever, because I had wanted to be an actor before. Um, so that wasn't anything new. Uh, I think the thing that surprised my friends and family the most was when they were like, well, where are you going to go to do this job? Because you can do anime dubbing from New York, um, which is where my family was from. But I said, nope, I'm going straight to Texas because uh, that's where Funimation is and, and sometimes I film works and all that cool stuff. And that's what surprised my family the most. They were like, you're moving to Texas? Um, <laughs> but I had a feeling that if I, if I stayed in New York and I just lived at my parents' house, you know, and tried to do voiceover from there, that I would get lazy. Um, you know, just if you can live with your parents and they're paying for everything, there's really no get up and go motivation. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So I really wanted to move somewhere and my options were L.A. or Texas and, and fresh out of college. Uh, Texas is a lot more uh, friendly to the wallet. So I started <laughs> there. I went there um, and I'm glad I did because I've gotten to work with so many cool people and 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 on so many different cool projects from here in Texas. Uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's great that you had that that level of support. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good. Now, you've done. Right. And you've done so many different facets, not just the acting part, but the directing and producing and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. do you have a particular part of all of that that you'd like more than the others? Honestly, I think directing might be my favorite. Really? Um, Okay. Yeah, because it's a lot like the acting part, because you're still going through the script and you're still finding the cores of these characters and you're still playing and and finding the right reads. And um, but you're working with an actor um and you get to do that for every single actor that's in the thing it's like voice acting uh but you know you're doing every care every role and 
um, you're just, you know, putting trust into somebody else to kind of bring that vision to life person by person. It's so cool putting together a cast in the audition process and then having them come in one at a time and slowly, you know, the show starts to fill out. It's a very fulfilling experience. Um, I think acting for me would be, you know, either equal or an extremely close second, but I do think directing is my favorite. <laughs> right on. That's really cool. I I hadn't uh, considered that that would be the way it goes as a director. You know, most of the time you think of the iconic, they're just sitting in their chair yelling cut and action. <laughs> <laughs> Not so. so on anime. You know, anime, the director is the one that has to know the whole story front to back. Um, because the actors are not getting their scripts in advance. So you're explaining everything as you go and kind of telling people like, and, and you know, this is what your character's feeling and here's why and here's their backstory and you've got it all in your brain. Um, so I, especially with anime um, and video games are like this too. The director is kind of steering the entire ship. And if you don't give the actors, you know, the uh, tracks that they need to follow, it makes their lives harder. Um, mm -hmm. so a good director, uh, is really steering the ship so that the actor can just act, you know, uh, it's not, it, it, it is not a hands-off process in any way. Um, oh, okay. It is, it's a very hands-on process and I love it. <laughs> well, somebody's got to, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have a, an, a director who I look up to a lot, Joel McDonald, he's currently the director on Borderlands. Um, and he was also my director on One Piece way, way back in the day. And he said once, uh, you know, if if you cast well, your job is 90% done. And that is true. Um, if you cast actors who are really talented and will bring a lot to the table, all that is left for you to do as the director is to just tell them what's going on. And that's the last 10%, you know, is just bring them in, tell them what's going on, let them loose. They're going to do 90% of your job for you. Um, right on <laughs> yeah so i say it's a hands-on process in that i have to be you know engaged but it it it's not you know it's not super difficult it's just um kinetic which is cool right yeah and you know that kind of leads me into like the next part uh which is the borderlands part of things and mm. you played a, a pretty pro prolific character in borderlands 3 which was moe's um, and I don't know if uh, all of my listeners, I know there's a, a few of them out there that do know who Mobs is and where Borderlands 3 is and things like that. But, I mean, is there a way that maybe you could do a little, like, log line of who Mobs is? Sure. Uh, well, Borderlands 3, obviously the newest uh, video game in the series as far as this recording is concerned. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, a shooter game and it's first person so that you don't get to see the character that you're playing as a lot, but the characters are very personality driven. And so at the beginning of the game, you get to pick between four of them, four different vault hunters, and Mose is one of the ones that you can pick. Uh, she's the gunner. She is um, very associated with mechs and 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 fixing and, and just the, you know, the more technical side of things. And she is an ex- military soldier so she's this extremely military character who slowly comes out of her shell over the course of the game exactly and that that is just awesome like the mechs and the how the characters evolve throughout the game so mm. you know kind of talking on that like how did it come to be that 
you became Moe's? Like, was it an open casting call or were you asked specifically or how did that all come into play? Sure. Um, it was a casting call, uh, not specifically sent to me, but I was invited to try out. Um, there's a local studio in town that, that runs all of Gearbox's auditions. And, and thankfully they included me on the list for this one. Um, I tried out along with everybody else and it just so happened that, you know, pick me for Moe's, which I'm very, very grateful for. Um, and yeah, the most, pretty much the most normal casting process you could ever think of, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's and fair. And then, uh, the director, you know, sent me a message being like, Hey, uh, congrats, you're Moe's and, uh, we'll see you in a couple months. And those, those next few months were like, you know, I was so wired the entire time just waiting to go in. And, uh, about a year later, I finally got to announce that I was Moe's. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And when you went in and you were doing the audition and everything, did they say like a generalized, this is what we want her to sound like? Or oh. was it more like, okay, here's the character. Now give it a voice. I auditioned from home actually. And that's how a lot oh, of wow. uh, voiceover auditions are done nowadays. Yeah. Uh, voiceover, the the process of getting something uh, cast and recorded moves so fast nowadays Generally, most studios don't have the time for in-person auditions. So I recorded from home. Um, not the whole game, just my audition. Uh, I recorded my audition from home. Uh, there was a little like paragraph of this is basically who she is and this is basically what we want her to sound like. And then I just did, you know, what came to me. Um, her voice is very similar to my natural voice. So <laughs> I, I kind of just, you know, let it sit there and shut it off. And then, yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> and was this just like a, a like a job that like oh hey we happen to have this job when you say you were invited um or was it are you a fan of the borderlands games oh i mean no yeah it at first it was just a job and you know the i've never really heard of a you know casting call going out looking being like we're looking for people who already know the franchise uh because um the you know thankfully the the company and the director like very much welcomed me into the franchise when i got there so when i when i showed up and they said have you ever played a borderlands game and i was like no <laughs> they were like don't worry about it uh and and i was like it's not because you know i i didn't want to play the games it's just that i'm really garbage at shooter games uh, so <laughs> i never tried and they were like that's fine we're going to explain the plot and the world to you so they brought me in they explained everything they gave me this really good picture of like what it was like and i experienced the world of borderlands for the first time in the recording booth um, oh wow and then after they they gave me a code so that i could play the game uh and i've been playing it on my twitch ever since and oh, uh, i'm nice. at the final boss i'm at the final boss so me being garbage at shooters didn't prevent me from finishing the game. And uh, I'm really proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, congratulations <laughs> on reaching the final boss. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I haven't quite made it that far, but I really do enjoy Borderlands 3. The biggest thing for me is the time. Um, but that's so cool. Like, it's so totally jealous. Like, so amazing. <laughs> And going back to the world of, of voice acting in general and being a director and all of that, do you have a particular like voice or style that you like to use above the others? Above the others? Yeah. Hmm. So like 
I guess to kind of uh, narrow down, like, do you prefer doing like children voice or like a high pitch, low pitch, just your normal tone? <laughs> well, if I'm going to be really honest with you, my favorite thing to voice is animals. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, you know, we're going to have you in this show, but sorry, you're just going to be the cat. Like, you're not going to talk. I'm like, I'm there. I'm absolutely there. It is not, you don't have to apologize because I love voicing animals. It's just so much fun. That's fair. <laughs> I never really put that together that, you know, an animal does need to be voiced by someone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it would be kind of hard getting an animal to make that sound on command when you're trying to record an anime. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes animals in anime will make noises that the real animals cannot do. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and sometimes there are no real animals in the case of, um, you know, like Appa from. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So, of all this stuff that you've done, you know, you've been in all kinds of things. Have you ever, like, just wanted to focus on one thing like oh i only want to do video games no never um i love voiceover you know and no matter what the medium is i just want to do more stuff um i will say like uh i never want to quit anime anime seems to be something that people are like when are you gonna move on from anime and do other stuff and i'm like never you know i want to uh <laughs> If I, if I, you know, kind of spread my wings and start doing more video games and more prelay cartoons and more this, more that, I want it to be on top of my anime work, you know, okay. not in spite of it. Um, I love, I just love voicing characters, you know, I don't really care where it is. Um, I'd like to do more talking toys. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> that uh, would be fun. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just more interesting types of, uh, you know, projects would be cool, but on top of what I'm already doing, I don't want to, I don't want to ever narrow in on one thing. Okay. Well, that's pretty fair to be honest. And is it kind of, is it strange or weird to hear your voice coming from a character on TV or a video game? Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's a little weird, um, but it's cool. You know, it's weird in a cool way. Uh, there's a great um, when I when I streamed Borderlands, uh, just I I watched back my face when I first heard myself in the game, and you can see me going absolutely insane. Uh, <laughs> and the other funny thing is, I'll watch uh, you know anime with my parents and the rest of my family, and they'll try and guess which one is me. And they'll get it wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll be like, you don't recognize my voice? And they're like, you sound different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That would be, that's actually a really good idea. That would be fun. <laughs> Which one is it? Which one's me? You're right. Exactly. So that can be fun, too. <laughs> and, you know, with, with um, doing, being the director and the producer and the the actress and you know doing all the different facets like do you have to deal with script changes a lot well it depends um so i uh i script write as well oh yeah and yeah. depending on the show you know uh things can change so the most that i've ever touched a script was um for discotech media's dub of kimono friends uh because i was the act 
I was one of the actors, I directed it, and I wrote it. Um, so in that instance, you know, I wrote the script. So once I got into the booth to direct, I wasn't going to be making very many changes because no. I already knew exactly what I wrote and, and why I wanted it that way. Um, the script had gone through a script supervisor by that point. So I, I handed it off to a supervisor who then made some small tweaks uh, to my writing and then gave it back to me to direct with. So there were some changes there, um, but I was not making a lot of changes in the booth. And the changes that did end up getting made were usually just for like timing. Oh, this actress speaks a little bit faster than I expected, or this actress speaks a little bit slower than I expected. We have to add words, take away words. Um, you know, minor changes like that. Um, so really nothing crazy. You will see more adjustment and changes when the director and the writer are different. You know, the writer will give you okay, here's, you know, my vision. And then maybe the director will say, this is good, but in this scene, I want to do this instead. And mm -hmm. you'll make on-the-fly changes. And I've had that happen as well, where I've been the director, but not the writer. Um, or where I've been the writer and not the director. And, you know, the script that comes out the other side is very different from the script that I put in. But it's because on top of the writer's work, there's the script supervisor's work, there's the director's work, maybe the actor ad-libs something that's fun and gets put in. Um one of the greatest examples, I think, is uh, I wrote the script for Actor Songs Connection, which we did over at Soundkid and Studios for Funimation simuldub uh, season last season. Mm. And my script, I think, is, is, is good, but it is so enriched by what the director and the script supervisor and the actors tweaked. So what came out the other side is actually quite different. Um, but it used my script as like a base and then they sort of went crazier with it. Oh, uh, cool. And I think it's so good for that. But yeah, it, it you know, any given anime script is going to pass through so many hands before it gets to air that, you know, I can't point to something and say that's exclusively my work because it's not true. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, everything's collaborative. So dealing with script changes, yeah, I guess, but it's a very normal part of the process. That's fair. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what it doesn't necessarily have to be the voice actor part of this. It could be director, producer, screen or uh, script writer. What advice would you have for somebody coming into this crazy world? Sure. Um, well, my number one piece of advice that I always tell people, I actually have a... Um, a panel that I give at conventions uh, called From Fan Fiction to Fan Reality, uh, which is about uh, making the jump from being a fan to working in the anime industry. Um, and my biggest piece of advice is make stuff. Before you go pro, make stuff. Um, I don't care what stuff it is. It could be, you know, if you want to be a script writer, it could be fan fiction. Um, it could be your own original stories, whatever. But have your own you know, backlog of um, writing work that you are working on and you are putting out there right now. Um, you don't have to even put your name on it. You just have to do it. You have to have that experience. Um, if you want to be a voice actor, do your own radio plays or audition for indie games or something, like anything that will be out there that people can go and they can listen to. If you want to be a director, um, put together the radio play, put together the indie game cast, contact places and be like, do you need a casting director? I'm willing to do it. Um, because that way you're not stumbling into the pro space being like, 
I want to do this, but I don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the indie scene and the fan content scene is so valuable for getting your feet wet and for, you know, being able to do these things. Uh, when I became a script writer, I had never written a script before, but I had written um, original fiction. And that was, you know, they were like, have you ever written anything before? And that's what I told them. And that was the basis of of my work. Um, cool. And if I didn't have that, you know, in my history, it would have been so hard for me to, you know, first thing, you're being paid for this. It better be good writing, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, and, and people who are like, I don't know how to get discovered, you know, in voiceover, like I want to do this stuff. That's why I'm always like, make your own stuff because, uh, good example. Um, I was in an indie radio play, uh, that a friend of mine put together and, and she is, you know, one of those types who like, she wants to be a director. So she directs and makes her own stuff. Um, and when it came out, I watched it and I went, whoa, you know, I love the rest of this cast. I need to know these people. And I contacted her and I said, give me everyone's, you know, contact information. I don't care how new they are. I love this whole cast. And then I started sending them stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 you know, that's the circle of life. Um, If you want to be a voice actor, it's all this director seeing you in this thing. And, you know, then they'll contact you and um, maybe you'll submit your stuff to a couple people and that could work. But I think that um, a director finding you and already genuinely liking your work is an even stronger way to get in because they've already decided that they like you. Um, So people who don't know how to get discovered but aren't putting themselves out there are going to struggle. Um, So just make stuff. Or if you can't make stuff, get involved in stuff. Indie stuff, stuff that's going to go online, um, stuff that will be discoverable. Um, you know, and even if some of them nobody sees, that's still good experience. And then the one that everybody sees, you know, maybe the one that that gets you to the next rung of your uh, of your journey. Gotcha. That's awesome advice. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess kind of my final, well, second to last question, I guess it would be. Mm-hmm. is if you had any uh projects that you wanted to promote or you know that you could you know NDAs whatever um but I know some people come on and they have projects that they really want to talk about and they want to get it out there to the world so if you have anything like that now would be a good time to tell people about it Absolutely um well Nothing upcoming that I can really talk about. Uh, a lot of stuff's under lock and key right now, mm-hmm. but some things that are pretty relevant right now that people should check out. Uh, Actor Songs Connection just finished up its uh, simuldub run, so all 12 episodes are now available to watch on Funimation's website. Um, again, I was the scriptwriter on that, but also the studio that I work at um, did all the ADR production for that, um, including all of the music production. All the songs are dubbed, uh, which we're really, really proud of. Um, and I also voice a cat in that, which, as you know, <laughs> as I've said in this interview, is my favorite. Um, uh, some other things, uh, Thermi Romai, where I was the narrator. Um, and again, that was worked on by my team over at Sound Cadence. That just dropped on Crunchyroll, so it's available to watch in English now. Um, Galaxy Express 999, Eternal Fantasy. I voiced a cat in that one, too. Uh, <laughs> And and that is uh, newly available, uh, I believe, to pre-order. I believe it's coming out next month, the Blu-ray. Um, 
obviously borderlands still ongoing still uh you know new dlc just came out not that long ago yeah uh ooh, there's another one i want to say and now it's it's escaping my brain oh no oh um the ones within uh another funimation show where i played one of the the main characters um is also going to have all of its episodes available um on funimation and Nambaka, which is actually kind of an old title. It was something that I was in in 2016, um, but it is just now from Madman Entertainment getting its first Region B release. Uh, so that's like Australia, New Zealand, and a couple other places. Um, so if you've never seen the dub, or if you've been waiting to pick up a Blu-ray um, until it was available in your region, and you are in Region B, um, now's the time to go pick it up. It's one of my favorite shows, uh, favorite dubs I've ever been in. Fantastic. <laughs> and my <laughs> my last question that I have, and this one's completely optional, completely up to you, would be <laughs> if you want to tell the listeners where I get what your social medias are, so that they can go click the likes and subscribes and follows. Well, sure. Um, I am at Marissa Lenti at pretty much everything: uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, if you just look my name up, it usually pops up. I've also got a Twitch. Uh, that is M Lenty. Um, I'm usually playing Borderlands, or sometimes I'll play something random and fun, like we just had a Viva Pinata stream not that long ago. Um, and I've got a YouTube channel, uh, uh, which I think you can also just look up my full name, Marissa Lenty, <laughs> and uh, it should pop up. Uh, I post uh, visual reels every year of just like a roundup of all the stuff I got to do that year. And I'm hoping to also post some uh, compilations from the Twitch streams pretty soon. Uh, so that is going to be upcoming and uh, I hope you guys like it. Perfect. That's That was great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Marissa. It's an art at this point. Right? <laughs> I just want to th say thank you so much again for coming on the show and speaking with me. This has been just a boatload of fun. Of course. I've, I've genuinely enjoyed it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And thank you to all the listeners who tuned in to check this out. This one has been one of the better ones that I have done. And I'm glad... <laughs> That it was with somebody as awesome as Marissa. And I oh. hope that you all enjoyed it too. And we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages. What an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey. And if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search the leo effects with an a not an e if you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself head over to shattered dungeons on youtube facebook and twitter we live stream every tuesday night more projects are in the works for now stay tuned for more interviews to book yourself as a guest you can head to the leoeffects.wixsite.com podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com remember this has been the leo effects and great shows require great listeners just like you Thank you, and we'll see you next time.